0: please take a moment to let us know by emailing us at media at bushland.com. Also, if you would like to support this ministry financially, you can do so by visiting give. So we're in Psalm
1: 119, and I said before, if you're ever in a situation where someone says, hey man, pick a, pick a book in the Bible or a chapter in the Bible like a Psalms and, 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 and memorize it, Do not, do not, for the love of Jesus, how many Wheaties you've ever eaten, don't don't feel like you're the man, and pick Psalm 119. That's 176 verses, dude. I mean, that's a bunch. So let me tell you, as your pastor, because I love you, if you don't want to pick Psalm 119, pick 117. Two verses. Come on, church. That's my kind of... I I got 117. I can do that one, all right? 119 and 117 are the spectrums of of, of, of verses or chapters that you don't want to stay, you want to stay away from. So Psalm 119, so today, uh, I'm going to walk through the first eight verses, all right? And next week, I'm going to talk about, I'm going to talk about something that really, it's hard for people, not just people that are saved, but lost people as well, but even I'm burdened because people that are born again can't seem to get this principle. They don't know how to use the Word of God to to direct them. They don't don't know. And so what happens to them, they call me or staff or other people and say, I have all these decisions, I have all these things to do, I have all these choices, I have all these opportunities, can you help me? And yes, I can help you and I want to sit with you. But here's what I do every time, and, and many of my staff, you got to go to the Word. You got to go to the Word. I was sitting with a guy a couple weeks ago, and he mocked me in this statement. And he didn't mean to mock me, he just said, I know what you're saying, Jeff. Just go to the Word. Just go to the Word. Just go to the Word. I was like, I'm about to slap you in my bacon. You- you're off sides here a little bit all right he says no 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 i don't mean that i mean i I was just joking i was like okay that's what i mean is just go with the word because if i can get you to go to jesus the ultimate greatest counselor ever what he speaks he pours concrete and you have confidence that what you know and what you're doing is from god the word of god is the key and I, I, I want to talk about that a little bit next week, about how to use the word to direct you or guide you in your steps of life, all right? So Psalm 119, um, let's go there. So it's broken up in chunks. Let me say this to you before I jump into it. If you've ever wondered why Psalm 19 is kind of broken up in like seven or eight verses, and then there's a stop, and then there's about seven or eight verses, and then there's another seven or eight verses, let me share this with you if you don't already know. That is broken that way divinely by God who inspired the Word of God, that is each letter, each break is a letter in the Hebrew al- alphabet. That's why he does it that way. All right? Now, I don't know all the Hebrew alphabet, but that break is for that. Okay, And that's a real cool thing about Psalm 119. When you look at that, those breaks are line up with an, a letter in the Hebrew alphabet every time there's a break in there. So I want to go to one of the breaks, the first one. That's Psalm 119 go there. We're going to look at the first eight verses. I want to read it first and then kind of break it down. Verse 1, blessed are those whose ways are blameless, whose walk according to the law of the Lord. Blessed are they who keep his statutes and seek him with all their heart. They do nothing wrong. They walk in his ways. They have laid their precepts. They are so wonderful to obey. Oh, that my ways would be steadfast in obeying your decrees. Verse 6, then I would not be put to shame when I consider your commands. I will praise you with an upright heart as I, le- as I learn your righteous laws. I will obey decrees. Do not utterly forsake me. The beautiful psalm. It's lengthy. We'll jump into the rest of it next week, but I want to look at four principles real quickly, so listen quick. Number one, the delight of God's Word. Do you understand that the Word of God is a delight? Some of you may not understand the Word of God as a word of delight because you may have grown up in a a religious background or may have a history about the church where the Bible was almost like a whooping stick for you. That people use the Bible to beat you up necess- to a certain extent. All right? The Word of God was never meant to inflict pain on you. Okay? Paxton said it the earlier there's no condemnation. You're not going to read the Word and be condemned. Now, can you be corrected and convicted? Yes, but not condemned. God's never going to say, Oh my gosh, I didn't know you did that. You're so bad. He's not going to do that. You're not going to find that in there, all right? The Word of God is a delight, okay, a delight. I want you to look at Jeremiah. Go to Jeremiah 15. I want you to see a scripture. I hope it becomes one of your favorites because it's a beautiful scripture. Um, I love the words and what it says. Look at Jeremiah 15, 16. The Word of God. When your words came, I ate them, and they were my joy and my heart's delight for I bear your name, and that's beautiful, that's beautiful, now listen to me, how many of you have favorite foods, I got favorite foods, if you're taking notes, ribeye, all right, ribeye, amen, packs bring two, right? right, ribeye, listen, I could eat ribeye so long that I start to smell like a ribeye, I could just, they say, well, we're out of potatoes, that's fine, double up the ribeye, I'm good. All right. I mean, ribeyes is my meal. I love ribeye. Listen, when I, when I eat ribeyes, I don't need A1. That's an insult to a steak. I don't need ketchup. Don't sit at my table if you put ketchup on a steak. That's just, I, I, I don't know that I can take that. I, just, I don't know if I'm man enough for that, dude. I'm just telling you. So, so listen to me. I just need the steak. I just need a steak, all right? And I want to taste it because it's my delight, because it's it's the way God wired me. Can I just say this to you? You're wired for this, man. Can you please hear me? You're wired. Like the greatest food you've ever tasted. If you could pick one meal, this would be the meal. This word right here is a delight, man. It's got to become a delight, all right? I am burdened, burdened by people today, not... Not just people, just the church and non-church. They just don't know the word, man. They don't know. They don't know the word. They haven't hidden the word in his heart. They don't know it. And so stuff happens in their life, and they run to hundreds of different places before they ever run to the word. I'm just saying the word of God has begun to come a delight to you, like a favorite food. So when you take it in, just eat it. Just eat it. He says, my word is a, it is a bread, bread of life. My word is water to a thirsty soul, man. You you won't it, you will not run dry. How many of you have curled up to the Word and it's become your delight? It's become your life source. I want you to go over to Jeremiah. Also, go a little bit further, a couple couple of verses over. I mean, a couple of chapters over. Jeremiah twenty nine. Jeremiah twenty nine. I want to begin in eleven, but I want to camp in thirteen because is the one we we love. We have it hanging on our homes and stuff like that, and it's beautiful, but I want you to get 13. 29.11 says this, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, and we love this, plans to prosper you, not to, pro, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future. Then you will call on me and come and pray to me, and I will listen to you. If you want to put your name there, just put it there, and I will listen to you, Jeff. I will listen to you, Jeff. When you will seek me, Jeff, with all your heart, I will be found by you. Listen to me. Is that you? He says, I want you to seek me with all your heart. I want you to go after me like you go after just everything in life, man. We pursue a lot of things in life, but we need to pursue him because he holds everything. His word needs to become our delight. It needs to be where we go, man. He says in there, you want to be blessed? Verse one. He says, verse two, want to be blessed? Boom. How many in this room want to say, and even online, I want to be blessed? I do. Show a hand of people that want to be blessed. Give it up loud and proud. Now, let me say something to you. As much as you want God to know you came to church, God knows you raised your hand. (laughs) I'm just saying he said I know you want to be blessed so here's what I want you to do get in my word let it become your delight if you will get in my word and eat from my word just take the words I give you I will bless you on the other side of obedience is what always blessing and if you want to bless yourself and be obedient to God's word. And I promise you every time, it's a 110% money-back guarantee. It'll bless you, man. Some of you in here are starving to death. You're hungry, you're tired, you're weak, you can't go on, you've got a whole bunch of I don't knows in your life. And can I just say something to you right now? When you start saying the word, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know, you need to stop yourself and say, When I say I don't know, I need to go to the I am. When you don't know, you go to I am. And I am is right here. And I am will answer every one of your I don't knows. I don't know, you know I am. I am is greater than your I don't know. You got to go there. You got to go there. And it's got to become your delight. Number two. That not just the delight of God's word, but the direction of God's word. How many of you understand that God's word can be direction, okay? It can lead direction. I said this earlier. Next week, I'm going to break this down even more about the direction of God's word and how to use God's word to lead, have direction for your life and how it can help you have direction. Verse 3, look at verse 3. They do nothing wrong. They walk in his ways. Don't camp on they do nothing wrong okay? Because listen to me, every one of us, Jeff included, will step where they shouldn't step. They should, they'll get out of bounds. They'll get out of God's will. The direction will be off, okay? But listen to me, you're more than apt to walk in a way that pleases God when you're in God's Word. Psalm 139 says that God has ordained every one of your steps, every one of them, If you're going to figure out where your steps need to be, you need to consult the one who ordained them, the one who created you. Because you will never step, okay, where he doesn't know. Never. Walk implies a habitual lifestyle of discipline. Listen to me. One of the gifts of the Holy Spirit is self-control. You have to discipline yourself with the word. Listen to me, I get up in the morning, I know I need to be in the Word, I know that every sunrise is an invitation to meet with God, but I have weaknesses just like you do, all right? I would love to get on my phone and check out ESPN. I'm a sports junkie, man. I need to see if the Bucks pulled it off last night because I want Chris Paul to dead gum it, win an NBA title, all right? That's all I want. I, I like Chris Paul, all right? but Milwaukee beat them. So Milwaukee's up 3-2, all right? Not that you're like, I came here for sports. I ain't coming here for sports, but that's what I do. I want to run there, but I also want to run the weather because I'm a weather junkie, That's why me and Doppler Dave are tight, all right? I want to know who got the most rain because I didn't do very well last night, all right? I know Bushland got more than me, and I'm not jealous. That's not that spirit. I'm just, I'm not I got new trees, new shrubs, I mean, my new house, and God, I, you know, I'm, I'm just saying I, I go there first. If I'm not careful when I go to start my morning, if I get up and I get my phone and I go to those two apps first, you know what? I look up and 30, 45 minutes has gone by, and I've lost my time for him. And listen to me, I've got to discipline myself. It's got to be a habitual habit for me to get up, get some coffee, get in the Word first, and the other things will still be sitting there. Listen to me. The score of that game is still there. It's not going to change, all right? The highlights, none of that. Rainfall totals from the night before don't change, okay? They're still there. I can check those out, all right? I've got to understand, you the same way. Some of you wake up, and the first thing you do is run in the work, not literally run in the work, but mentally run in the work. Here you run in the work. Emotionally and all that stuff, you got to run here Run here, run here. I used to tell students all the time, man, they, they're having a tough time in class. I say, listen to me, you want to help class? You need to see the face of Jesus before you see the face of your teacher. Huh. That'll help you a lot, all right? I say the same thing. Run to him. Walk in a spirit of, uh, walk in a discipline or habitual lifestyle, all right? He says, walk well, all right? Not perfect, well. A marked path out in God's will. God's got a path for you. So what happens to a man or woman who's who's in the Word and who's walking in that delight, who's eating the Word of God, he's walking, she's walking. If she gets off, he gets off. The Word of God corrects them gently. Not not beating them up, just corrects them gently. Why? Because the Spirit lives inside of them, and the Word of God is Spirit. And the Spirit will speak to your spirit that's in you, and He corrects you. Or... You have brothers or sisters in your life who have heard a word from God through the Holy Spirit to speak into your life that echoes with what God's speaking through his word to you, and you go, boom, I need to correct that, just like that. You've got to be a man or woman that is directed by God. What is directing your life? You say, well, I'm directing it, preacher. Okay, well, now we know who's really arrogant and cocky, all right? Let God direct your life because he wrote your life out. If you're going to please him, let him call the shots. Number three, the demands of God's word. The demands of God's word. Number four, you have laid your precepts. You laid down your precepts. They are fully, to be fully obeyed. I want you to go to James. Go to James chapter one. I want you to see a scripture. Y'all know it well. Go to James chapter one. Verse 22, do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Why? Everybody asks why, right? Why? You you tell your kids to do something, you like, why? Why? If your head moves when you say why, I'm about to put it in a brace, all right? Don't be shaking your head when you say why. Here's the why, all right? Why? Look at verse 25 at the end. He, she, will be blessed in what he does. Why do you do the word of God and not listen to it? Because Psalm says, blessed, blessed, blessed. If you want to be blessed, obey the word of God. You get under the word of God. Now, here's the deal. If you've ever heard God speak through his word to you, you've got to do that word. Now, if you do that word, the next day, Things are not going to just immediately change for you. They could, but they may not change that fast. But don't on day two or three go back and say, "Well, I obey God's word; nothing changed. God words, I've chucked them, going back the other way." No. Listen to me. If God speaks to you, do His word and trust God to do the rest. Your job is to obey the word. Okay. His job is to walk the word out in your life, but you just got to do his word. You got to trust him. He's got you. If you heard a word from God and he spoke to you, you got to go do that word. You got to do that word and leave it to him. Verse 5, all your ways are steadfast in obeying your decrees. Steadfast. This is the word steadfast. Firmly fixed, unmovable, firm in belief and in endurance. Steadfast, a word we don't use a lot. You meet a person that's steadfast, they're consistent, they're anchored, they're solid, they don't move, change, or anything. People, the crowd, other people, nobody—they just know who they are. They know who they are. They know whose they are. They are steadfast. They—they are anchored right here in the Word of God. They know the truth. They know the truth about who they are. They know the truth about who their God is. They are not. They don't. They don't move from that. They're solid. They're steadfast. Listen to me. Our God says about Himself. I am unchangeable, unstoppable. I am the same yesterday, today, and forever. I will never change. I am a rock. I am consistent. I am strong. I'm mighty. I'm for you. I'm I'm the great I am. He is the creator. He's God. If he doesn't move, if he doesn't change, if he's your rock, where do you need to be grounded? In him. And you be steadfast out of that. A man, a woman who is grounded in the word, all right, knows who they are, Know who they are. I always have pity when I look at, especially high school students, sometimes college students, who dance to the music that other people write for them. You ever see that? Somebody writes songs about who, (laughs) what they are and what they want, and we start dancing to be included and to be a part of them. We start dancing with their music. That's not the song God wrote for you. Quit dancing to their music. You write your own song and you dance to that for the glory of the King. You don't dance for everybody else's music, my friend. You've got to be confident enough, and it's hard. And, and, and just because I said junior high and college, I mean uh, high school and college, doesn't mean adults do it well. I know a lot of adults that dance to everybody else's music but the one creator of music, all right? Listen to me. You got to dance to his music and please him only. You got to be steadfast, man, unmovable, a rock, all right? Verse 6, I got to roll. Then I will not be put to shame when I consider all of your commands. Listen to me. Church today, do not be shameful of basing your life and building your life on the word of God. If you got friends in your life, and they're going through stuff, and you know the anchor that holds your family and holds your marriage, and you know who holds you, you point them back to what it is. You point them back to the Word. And you don't say, listen, I'm sorry, but I'm going to show you a scripture. No, everything you said is beautiful except that you're sorry. I'm not sorry, but I love you, and I want to show you a scripture. Not, don't start with I'm sorry. That almost sounds like an excuse not to believe what I'm about to say. Listen, you say, I love you, but let me show you something. This scripture right here, this word right here has changed my life. I want to share it with you because I love you. Don't be shameful of being a man or woman of the word. Don't be. Listen to me. If you can be loud and proud for a college football team and act like an absolute idiot sometimes, you can be loud and proud for Jesus. Amen. You be loud and proud for Jesus who is the word and became flesh and dwells among us you got to be loud and proud for the Word. Today in time of the church, man, he's raising up a new church, and it's a church that stands on the Word, that doesn't apologize for the Word but speaks the Word and, and, and does it in love and compassion, and kindness. Listen to me. The church is not chasing a whole bunch of stuff. He chased Jesus. They don't raise up a whole bunch of stuff for men or women. They raise up Jesus because Jesus said, you raise my word up, and you raise me up, and I'll draw men and women, boys and girls to you. Listen to me. You got to raise the word up, and don't be ashamed of it. Don't walk cowardly. Don't walk with your head down. Don't be embarrassed. Be a man or woman of the word, and don't you hold back. When you have an opportunity to speak life into somebody through the word, you speak it, man. Speak it. And don't go, I know that I'm sorry I shared that. I know it hurt you. No, no, no. I'm sorry it upset you, and I'm sorry it hit a nerve, but I'm not sorry I shared the word of God because the word of God is life, and it's healing. And and listen to me. You got to speak it unapologetically in their life, but always do it in love. Verse 7. The fourth point is this, a dynamics of God's word. Verse seven, look at verse seven with me. I praise you with an upright heart as I learn your righteous laws. An u- u- upright heart. Here's a person of an upright heart. Honest, just, honorable, high character. That's an, un- that's a- that's an upright heart. A man, a woman who has confidence, not in who they are, but in who he is. A man or woman who knows the king, who knows him by name, who walks with Jesus, who's grounded in the word, who the word is in them, okay? And the spirit of God is moving in them. The Holy Spirit gives them power, gives anointing. You see people all the time, he said, man, that, they're just so powerful. No, they're just like you, but they have a supernatural power called the Holy Spirit and the word of God pumping through their veins, and it looks like they're superhuman. What it is is, They've been in the Word. They have an upright heart, man. They're confident in who they are and who their God is. You want, you, let me tell you, confidence is dangerous. <laughs> That's why they say, beware of the little dog in the fight, not that big one. Because that little one, that chihuahua, whoo, that pit gone when he meets a chihuahua. Why? Because you can't underestimate the power of that little dog. He's, what's in them. What's in them is important. So let me ask you, what's in you? When you have the Word of God in you, you approach the God, you approach the throne with confidence. God says, "Come before my throne with confidence." Okay, worship me in confidence, knowing who I am. My God's a great God. My God's a great I am. That's why some of you walk out of here and you go, "Boy, when I walk out of here, woo!" I'm telling you, man, I can attack hell with a water gun, man. I'm, I'm fired up. And then you say, by Wednesday or Thursday, man, I'm deflated like a, like a tire at children's camp this week. All right? all right, you'll get that later. All right. But what I'm saying is, what happens is the more you're in the word, the more upright you are. Power. Power. So today, if you're kind of oppressed, kind of down, kind of, kind of mopey, kind of, kind of have moody, kind of getting moody, kind of losing your zeal and your zest and your power and your giddy up and all that stuff, you know where you need to go? Now you don't need to eat. You don't need to drink more water. That's all good. You need to go to the word. You just go eat. Go eat go eat, go eat. And you say, well, Pastor, I've tried that. I don't have any idea where to read. I don't know where to go. I go to First Chronicles. There's so many names in there. I can't even pronounce them. I just quit. I do too, all right? I wouldn't name a kid that for all the money in the world. I don't even know what they're thinking. But listen to me. I want to give you a book to go. John. Go to John. Go to John and begin John one. Because why? Because when you go to John, you're going to learn about Jesus. When you learn about Jesus, he'll rock your world and change your life. Jesus is the word. Go to John first. Last thing is this. Look at verse 8. I will obey your decrees. Do not utterly forsake me. Do you know that the word of God possesses supernatural power? I didn't hear one amen. Uh, We're going to try one more time because I know y'all are hot and tired, and I'm winding down, but you need to help me wind down. The quicker you say amen, the louder, the quicker I end, all right? How many of you know the Word of God possesses supernatural power? Amen. Amen. If that is true, why are you not in it? If you need supernatural power in your life, wouldn't you pull up to the gas station that promises supernatural power? This is supernatural power, man. Took a group of kids of Gloria in New Mexico to camp. Early 90s. I am still doing youth work. Yeah, I ain't look like this either, all right? So we're on Wednesday night of camp, about to go into worship, a bunch of students, a bunch of my students, or some of my adults, went up to Baldy. If you go up to Baldy sometime in the summertime, you may be sunny down here. You may break out to 35 degrees, blowing snow, and freezing up there, okay? They underestimate. They always go in shorts and muscle shorts, and I'm like, yeah, you're in trouble, all right. And so when a thunderstorm, so that happened. They were late back to worship. They missed dinner. A bunch of the churches had gathered in the worship center, but not all the kids were in there. It was one of those nights where I was standing back there going, man, it just don't feel right in here. There's something up in here at night. And so we get into worship, and then we get into the Word, and it's still not real good. And it's okay, but not great. There's just a bunch of stuff worn against stuff. And so we break out the groups called church time. If you've been at youth camp, you understand, your church gets a designated spot to meet just all the church together, and so this was broken up, and we had a big old group, and we were in this big old room, and we were doing, the kids were just going around sharing what God had done to life and what God had spoken to them, and so about that time, my back door opens to our room, and I know some of my adult guys are talking to this person, and this guy from Glorietta speaks to me, and he says, hey, uh, Jeff, do you, do you have any experience with, uh, with students or anybody who's been demon-possessed? And I said, I, I do. And I'm not meaning to freak you out. And I said, I do have some experience. So, a couple of my guys with me, the same thing. So, there were a couple of kids that were brought by a whole other church that um, had messed around and gotten in a bad place in their life. And so, um, we needed to minister to them. Okay. So, I, me and my guys were over here. And there was another person in another part of the campground. And so, uh, if you know much about this, this is, this is pretty wild, okay? It's crazy. And so this is a Baptist camp, and that's all I want to say about it. So this was, <laughs> I didn't know how to say this without saying that word. I was trying not to. but, but So this is a Baptist, and they never see anything like this in their life, man. Nothing like this. And so it scared them to death. I mean, it scared them to death. We had kids walking around the campground praying and all this other stuff, and it was beautiful. So this goes on for about three or four hours, and man, I'm beat tired, man. And, and me and my guys, we, I had three of them with me. We go back to the dorm room, and I'm in a dorm with bunk beds, and I probably have 40 boys in there. And I walk in, and the, we have three showers as usual. And so the three guys go shower, and, and I'm just walking around. And, and I don't notice it because the lights are off. So I'm walking around, and they're all in bunk beds, and, and I see them all, and it's real quiet, and that's unusual. <laughs> and so... Um, I look over to one of my guys, and my guy says, I was looking, and I look at this one kid, and I kid you not, this is what he looked like. He's laying in his top bunk, and he's asleep. He had a word on, on his heart. He's just like this. And I started looking around. Dude, I'm telling you not, I'm 40 for 40. i never seen so many high school boys with the word of God in my life, all right? They all had the Bible. They were hugging the Bible. They went to sleep with the Bible. It was on their heart. They were scared to death, okay? Scared to death. They didn't know what to do. They didn't have an answer for it, all right? And they knew, though, that this word, whatever was going on out there that they had never seen before, never understood, never could comprehend, and never could explain, they knew what was taking place out there was real, all right? And it scared them to death. And where'd they go? They knew there was supernatural Power in the word of God. And they grabbed their Bibles 40 for 40. I can tell you all 40 of them didn't have any worship because I saw a bunch of them walk in with no Bible. But all of a sudden, they just found their Bible, all right? But they had their Bible, and they were hugging that sucker, man. And I was looking around going, that's a great picture, man. 40 for 40, and there's a hug in their Bibles, boy. They woke up with Bibles all imprinted in their faces and stuff. And so it was gorgeous. And let me say this to you. As beautiful as that was, it also speaks the sad truth that sometimes it takes something that we can't control that scares us to death and we can't explain it and we don't know how to fix it to make us grab this thing right here and hug it. Can I ask you something? Why does it take a crisis to get you to do that? Do you realize if you would not wait for a crisis to hug it, and you hugged it daily, you might not be in that crisis? I'm just telling you. He says, I want to daily meet with you, and I want to feed you, and I want you to eat my words. So that when, the, so when, you, when life goes crazy, and something happens in your life, and you can't explain it, and you can't, conf, you can't fix it, and you can't control it, all you do is, for the first time in a long time, you run and find your Bible, and you hug it and fall asleep with it. Let it become part of your daily life. Let him feed you through his word. So then you become a man or woman who is filled with the word. Who are you today? How long has it been since you sat down with the word on a daily basis and just ate from it? Are you the person who waits for the crisis to go find the Bible and run to it? Don't do that. It'll be there, and he'll be there waiting. But isn't it beautiful if you walk with him daily and let him eat you, feed you daily? Feed you daily. I'm going to ask you to stay in church. Worship team is going to come back out. If you're on the ministry team, I'm going to invite you to come down front as well. This time right here is just ministry time. Okay, I know you've been in here a while it's a little warm. I'm sweaty as much as you are. This humidity is killing the air conditioning systems. But I'm asking you to do something. Don't run out of here unless you need to recommit your life to the Word of God. I know you can drift. I drift, okay? I'm not perfect because I'm a senior pastor. I have moments that I get away from the Word and I get weak and I know and I catch myself or Melissa sees me and she catches me. Eat. Daily. Don't wait for crisis. Don't be a crisis junkie on the Bible, all right? Be a man or woman of the Word that walks daily with the Word with an upright heart and fully obeying Him because a man who obeys the Word will be a man or woman who's blessed. So do yourself a favor and give yourself the greatest gift you ever give yourself and give yourself the Word. It'll bless you, man. It'll bless you. Let's pray. Father, we love you. God, may we become, if we're all, not already, men and women of the word. Unapologetically, upright heart, full of confidence, grounding ourselves in the anchor the word. It never changes. Our God's solid. He's not like shifting sand. He's a constant anchor that holds our life. And God, I pray that we be men and women, whether in the house or online, that, that anchors our lives in the Bible. The B-I-B-L-E, that's the book for me. I stand upon the word of God, the B-I-B-L-E. We sing it as a kid and walk away from it as an adult. Forgive us, God. And we come back to the word and stop being so independently dependent upon ourselves and come back to the word of God and be men and women of the Bible. So God, move us now by your spirit. And may we say yes to whatever you've spoken in our lives so that we might bless ourselves because that's what you want to do. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. You come if you need to, church.
0: Thank you for listening to this week's podcast from the Church at Bushland. We exist to help people know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference. We hope you will stay connected by following the ministry on Facebook and Instagram, by using the Church at Bushland and on Twitter by using at TCA Bushland.